0: Welcome to The Truth Simply Put the teaching broadcast vehicle of the Basilea Commission. On today's teaching by Alexander Victor, God's Word, rightly divided in the light of Christ, who is the central theme of the entire scriptures, will come with simplicity, precision, clarity, and power to instruct, admonish, edify, and build you up into the full measure of the stature of Christ. Now, let's dive straight in.
1: We stopped at Romans ten, Romans ten and four. Right, Christ is the end of the law for righteousness. I need to round it up so you can understand what the law is remaining to do, because that's important. Yeah, that's important to round off your understanding. Christ fulfilled the law by giving the law everything it demanded. That's abundantly clear. We took time to deal with that two weeks ago. Romans five, Romans five. He put paid to the law. There's nothing the law required uh, requires that Jesus has not fulfilled. Yes, nothing. Yes, nothing. Whatsoever. No? <laughs> no. There's something here to my mind. How many of you think in your life, yeah, be honest, I won't tell anybody. Hmm? How many of you think in your life you have been stubborn before? Put your hand up. I've oh, been plenty. You have been stubborn. I'm the preacher. No, my hand will not be a part In my my heart, my hands and legs are up. (laughs) But you have been stubborn before, put your hands up. Let me show you what happens to you. Deuteronomy 21, 18. Put it up in NLT. Deuteronomy 21, 18. Suppose a man has a stubborn and rebellious son. Who is that? Who will not obey his father or mother even though they discipline him? Next verse. In such a case, the father and mother must take the son to the elders as they hold court at the town gate. Mm -hmm. The parents must say to the elders, this son of ours is stubborn and rebellious and refuses to obey. He's a glutton and a drunkard. 21. Then all the men of the town must do what? Hold on. Hold on. So, thou, thou, teacher of the law, hast thou a stubborn son? I I speak in the manner of King James. I'm asking a question. Hast thou a stubborn or rebellious daughter? Doth he yet live? Does she yet breathe? Who has bewitched us? That thou have a stubborn spiritual son? thou spiritual father doth such a spiritual offspring still draw breath in the earth tell me I pray thee Therefore I say unto thee that uh, to the degree that thou, thine offspring, still draw breath, how be it obstinate in nature. Oh. Is to the degree that thou, O lawgiver, art a lawbreaker. Yes. Hear ye the word of the Lord. For thou contravenes the law that thou givest and that thou sayest we mightest keep. In that thou keepest alive thine own son who be stubborn and obstinate and thou hast refrained from stoning to death. Why is your child still alive? Hey! the child to the elders in this case the church elders are the ones that should stone your son to death the elders you are paparizing are the ones that have the right to stone your child to death tell me oh you who want to keep the law see why I said the law was not given for you to keep You carry your child and stone to death and not realize that that son who was stubborn and obstinate and should be killed by the elders was referring to Jesus. Yes. For God has laid upon him the iniquity of us all. And who were the ones that said, Crucify him? The elders, the elders, the chief priests, the scribes the elders of the Jew dragged him out and said he's a rebellious son. What he's doing? We don't know what he's doing. He's going against everything else that we stand for. We have told him to stop preaching this nonsense and say he's equal with God. He won't listen. He's rebelling. We said he's a Samaritan. He has a demon. He has Beelzebub. What shall we do to him? Drag him out. To the place of the skull. Killing. And every time they kept picking stones first. To stone him. Because that's what he deserved. He deserved it. He
2: deserved, that's
1: he deserved. That's what he deserved. Stones. That lead to death. Death which he eventually got. At the gate of the city. Took him out. Stations of the cross. You carry your son and be killing. So every time the Jews killed a son. They did it in violation of God's grand plan. Because they didn't see that Moses wrote about Jesus. Yes, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> did people die when the law was enforced? Yes. Did God kill them? No. Lack of understanding killed them. Lack of understanding. Otherwise, carry yourself and kill. And you can't just kill it yourself. Bring them to the, bring your son to the church. can you imagine sitting down the elders council determining that we are going to stone your son to death and then you stand there the elders now stone your child to death by the time you pass through you have six children by the time we pass through all the stubborn ones let's see who is left let's see who is left you think eye for an eye was about you the soul that sins is I die because it's the same scripture that says eye for eye it's the same scripture that says tooth for tooth it's the same scripture that says lie Can the life of one human being in his fallen nature atone for another? So whose life was being talked about for your life? Whose life was being demanded for your life? Because your life cannot pay for favor's life. So we carry the law and wear it upon ourselves and claim that we are holy. Righteous. We want to keep the law. You can't! It wasn't meant for you to keep. Moses wrote about me. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Uh, this is Jesus that said it. John 5. Moses wrote about me. So when you, it means you have to go back as church to what Moses
2: wrote.
1: And I say this at the risk of being misunderstood. Leave what Paul has written for a minute. My wife asked me, she asked me, she said, Big Daddy, how do you study? How do you see these things? I said, Because I'm seeing him in Moses. Because she said to me, and I said publicly, She said, I, I, You are teaching stuff in the gospel that Paul did not write. That's what my wife said to me. And I know. Because what Paul gave was a guideline to unlocking the Old Testament. And now that the veil is taking off, we look at the Old Testament and the message is splattered everywhere. Everywhere. And he set us on a journey of decoding what was previously hidden decrypting what was previously covered. It's the glory of a king to conceal a matter. It's the glory of sons to search it out.
2: Yes, sir! Yes, sir! So yes,
1: sir! So now you leave, leave, leave Paul for a minute. And I said, I said that at the risk of being misunderstood. Yes, so if you go ahead, he has come! He has not come and say, my dear, comprehension, they had these days.
2: Yes,
1: comprehension, they had. it's hard so now he has said we should leave Paul seven years Paul was in Arabia and the wilderness what was he doing he was with the old testament seeing Jesus seven years all he had was Genesis to Malachi and he came out and said we are saved by grace through faith not of works from Genesis to Malachi he came out and stood in 1 Corinthians 15 how that Christ died according to the scriptures what scriptures? Genesis to Malachi how that he was buried according to the scriptures how that he rose according to the scriptures Paul understood the gospel not from Matthew, Mark, Luke and John they had not started writing when Paul began to write they had not started writing he had writing when Paul began to write. When Paul wrote Galatians, Mark hadn't written. Mark was traveling with Paul. Remember? Yes sir yes sir. Yes sir, yes, sir. yes, sir. yes, sir. yes, sir. Mark was a travel companion of Paul. Paul began to write before these guys began to write. It took seventy years before John began to write. It is yes. 70, That's when John began to write. First John, Second John, third, third John, Revelation, and the Gospel of John. Seventy years. Galatians was already in circulation before Peter began to write so Peter starts to say that I know that they are struggling with Paul's writings twisting them as they twist the rest of the scriptures but Peter was there physically with Jesus before Paul so Paul didn't have Peter's account to understand the gospel in fact in Galatians Paul rebuked Peter to his face So Paul sat with Genesis to Malachi and saw the revelation of Christ Jesus. So when I say leave Paul for a minute, what I mean is, can you leave what Paul said he wrote? Can you see the message of Paul? The message of Paul in Moses whom you trust. In Moses whom you trust. So handle the Old Testament as it was designed. You will, will arrive at one outcome. The revelation of Christ Jesus. i are chasing the wrong things. Hey, you want the Holy Spirit to break out in a room? Reveal Christ. Once Christ is revealed. Join worship. You miss that crying. and oh, oh God, what will I do if you leave me? Scripture tells you he cannot leave you. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Why are you asking stupid questions? Yes, sir. What do you want to know about a thing that will never happen to you? Yes. you? said, I will never leave you nor forsake you. Why then are you asking what will happen to you if he leaves you? When he has said... He himself said, yes, "I mentioned divorce everywhere I broke loose." Yeah. Romans eight, Romans eight, put it up in the TPT, verse thirty-seven. Romans eight, verse thirty, verse 31, 31. Put up, put up thirty-one in the TPT. Romans eight, thirty-one TPT. What does it mean? If God has determined to stand with us, tell me who could then ever stand against us? Keep going. For God has proved his love by giving us his greatest treasure. I need, I need, I need, I need 35. Give me 35 in TPT. 35. Who could ever separate us from the endless love of God's anointed one? Who? And then he answers, absolutely no one. For nothing in the universe. So really, what you think is humility is arrogant pride. Yes. When you ask asking what will happen to me if you leave me? He has said he will not leave you. Do you believe? Why are you asking for the other side? What are you looking for on the other side? If you leave me, I will, I will finish. If you leave me, I will die. Why are you stuck there? When he himself has said, I will not leave you. So the posture of a believer is one of celebration and boisterousness because we know. And we are so emotional and sensual. You can't be moved by the joy of what God in Christ has done. You want to grow full something that is yours for free. Yes, sir. It's given to you without you asking. Are you here this afternoon? Yes, sir. Take, take your seat for a minute. And all through he was there seeing salvation. Yes, hey, hear what Paul tells Timothy. For when thou, since thou was a child. 2 Timothy 3. Thou has known the holy scriptures. Which are able to make thee wise. Unto salvation which is in Christ Jesus. 2nd Timothy 3. This thing messes me up all the time. Thou art able, thou hast known the Holy Scriptures. Referring to what? Genesis, aka, aka, Old Covenant, aka, the law and the prophets. You have known the Holy Scriptures. One, you have known kinosko. Two, Holy Scriptures, uh, hagios grafe, which are able to to make you wise so forth, for salvation soteria through faith pistis faithful, which is in Christ Jesus. Hey, let's go back. Christ Jesus, faith, salvation, wise, make you able, holy scriptures, aka Genesis to Malachi. Genesis to Malachi, therefore, Christ Jesus. Holy scriptures, Genesis to Malachi, Have the ability, do you know what I mean? To make you wise for salvation, which is through faith, which is in Christ Jesus. Ah. Salvation through faith, which is in Christ Jesus, is bestowed upon you by the Holy Scriptures, which is able to make you wise to receive this. Christ Jesus. Jesus. In Genesis to Malachi, without his name being mentioned. Well, he was. You just didn't know that his name was mentioned. And when his name was mentioned, you've missed it totally. Because all through, like I showed you last two weeks ago, it feels like a long time. I showed you, Moses brought them out. Couldn't take them in. Joshua. Jehoshua. The second man. (coughs) Took them in. And it was in that book. That the pre-incarnate Jesus introduced himself as captain of the lost host. Joshua is Jehoshua which is translated in Greek leosos mm. that's why I don't, that's, I don't argue blindly yes. I don't have time yes. leosos or leosios is the, is the the Greek rendition of Jehoshua right. yes, and then leosos is anglicized or rendered in English Jesus yes, yes. so people that are arguing Jesus is not his name It's yes. baseless yes. First of all, the name is not in the pronunciation. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. It's not in the pronunciation. Otherwise, first of all, someone that calls it Jesu yes, will get no answers. It's, it's, that's, that's totally baseless. Secondly, it's not even in the name calling. Yeah, yeah. Thirdly, A little diligent etymology. Make you realize that you're not as wise as you think you are. Do you know how the word church came about? It came about from the word kirk. Which is a Scottish word that came from a Greek word called kuriakos. And kirk became known as kirk. The word kirk, Franklin, kirk, that name. Is from courage, which means gathering together, or coming together, doing things that pertain to God, to the Lord, particularly the Lord, because Lord in Greek is kurios, k u r i o s, kurios is the is the word is the word translated Lord, the way theos is translated God, so kurios is activities pertaining to the Lord. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Make sense? And so Kirch, K-I-R-C-H-E with the accent, came about as a word that highlighted the gathering to do things that have to do with the Lord. Yes, then the Scots started to answer that, the Scots and the Irish, started to answer that name as Kirk. And then when the Anglons and the Saxons came together, because there was never a language called English. Yes, sir. English is a recent language, only a few hundred years old. Yes, yes, sir. There was the Saxons that were there in Great Britain. And then the Danes started to come in and then began to come in with their languages and and mixed with the the Celts and the Saxons and the Angles. And then it became known as Anglo-Saxon and the languages began to come together. And by some time, the Roman Catholic Church was in control of more than half of the universe. And so more than half of the world spoke Greek and Greek gave birth to Latin because alexander conquered right up to rome and rome was the headquarters italian rome was the headquarters of the greco-roman world so even in italy in that era they spoke greek latin was just one of them languages that didn't hold so much significance after the end of the greco-roman empire then italian began to grow latin coming from there is the church that gave latin prominence And finally, it is Latin that delivers the button to English. Right, sir. Right, sir. Yes, sir. sir. So, majority of English words derive from Latin origins, which themselves derive from Greek origins. So, Kirk began to be known, and then Anglicized, when the Anglo-Saxon language began to come together. Do you know, it took nearly 300 years for English to become English. And then the word church from Kirch came about as the agreed pronunciation for what you started off as course Etymology, the study of the evolution of language. Yes, no, Jesus is not his name. Yeshua is his name. You have said the same thing though. You are just... Jesus, his, name is, his name is not Jesus. His name is Yeshua. Hamashiach. Yes, <laughs> <laughs> what is Hamashiach? Messiah! Yes, In Hebrew... Mashiach. Then he comes and he says his name. It's Yeshua HaMashiach in Greek. And the time that Jesus existed, Greek was the dominant power. Leusos Christos. Jesus Christ. Christ being the Mashiach. Christ being the anointed one along with his anointed. Because he was not the only Jesus. You must be careful what Jesus you believe. Yes. Second Corinthians Paul says that I hear some people are trying to preach another Jesus. Yes. Hmm. Yes. Yes. Second, I think Second Corinthians one or so, find it before me, another Jesus, type another Jesus. Another Jesus. Second Corinthians, if I find it before you, you're fired. Good. Second Corinthians eleven. So you see, I was I was alright, yeah? For if he who comes, preaches another Jesus whom we have not preached. Or if you receive a different spirit which you have not received. Or a different gospel which you have not accepted. The way I'm looking at you, Corinthians, you might might even put up with it. You don't even know the difference between Jesuses. You can't tell between spirits. You can't tell between gospels. Colossians 4, I think it's 11 or 12. Paul is writing to the Colossian church he had now met. He said, Jesus is greeting you. Colossians 4. At the end. 10, from verse 10. Colossians four ten. See this, you have never seen it before. Aristarchus, my fellow prisoner, greets you. That's a person. With Mark, the cousin of Barnabas, about whom you received instructions. If he comes to you, welcome him. Who else is greeting you? Paul had a fellow worker whose name was that guy now goes breaks away and starts preaching. I say my name is Jesus. Which one? one? So Christ is not his son name. It's not Mr. Christ. Jesus, Mr. Christ. It's his designation. So, Whenever we say Jesus, we say that on the presumption that you know. Because <laughs> that's what. I mean, go to Argentina now. <laughs> Jesus is two a penny. <laughs> two a penny. <laughs> It's just how Jesus, Jesus, which Jesus are you shouting about? So, by way of recap, the law is not designed for you to keep. You can't keep it. Nobody who has argued for the law can keep it. And just when they were trying to keep it, Jesus comes telling them in Matthew, I love how Jesus handles the teachers of the law. They're like, yeah, you know, we're keeping this law. Jesus says, oh, the law says that if you sleep with a woman, it's not your wife that have committed adultery. They're like, yeah, we, we don't do that nonsense. Yeah, we don't, we don't roll like that, Jeez, They're like, <laughs> he says, I come to tell you, surely. verily, verily, very, say to you. If you so much as looked at a woman lustfully, you have slept to her. your heart. By this time, the Pharisees have seen how many hundred women they have slept with by this time. Does that make sense? So Jesus didn't come to make it easy for them. He came to instead highlight their inability to keep it. Yes, you notice he didn't come and make it easy for them to keep the law. So that whole nonsense argument that grace is enablement to keep the law is as balderdash as balderdash could possibly be. Yes, the law! Hey, hey. John 1, 17. John 1, 17. The law was given by Moses. You see a clear, you see a clear distinction. For the law was given through Moses, but some say both. Say but. 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 The only, the only joining there, it's grace and truth. There's no joining with the law and grace. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Law and grace. There's a distinction. Yes, law, but. but. Grace. They are not partners. They don't coexist together. Your life is not a two-bedroom flat. Master bedroom, choose. Okay, yeah, okay, grace. But then in the other room, the other room, there is the law in the other room. This is how you shall make noise in the master bedroom with the grace. The law shall come out and balance the noise. Because there always must be balance. The law must be The grace must The law come out and say, "Kai, stop it." The grace want to be naughty. The law come and say, "Kai," (laughs) and then the law want to be boring. Grace come and say, "Kai, man, wake up, wake up, wake up, wake up." (laughs) So when the grace is misbehaving, the law balance it. When the law is boring, grace will balance it. Somebody say, "God forbid. Your life is not a two-bedroom flat. Grace here, law here. One was there. As a getter. Somebody sending you money. He lives abroad. Sending you money, build house for me in a
2: barbecue.
1: He sends you money. He builds house. He has not come yet, but he knows he has a house. Then you're not there, living in the house. You're not go married. marry. Hatridge. It's not your house. Excuse me, ma. It's not your house. You start poultry in the back. It's not your house. <laughs> <laughs> Collect six dogs. It's not your house. After 14 years. Your first month is a secondary school. You wanna say I'm coming home for Christmas? You are not angry. Say so when you come now, you there's six bedroom, you use two bedroom now. I've, I've built a life here for myself. Is it my fault you took too long? I've become comfortable. My wife, this house, my children, this house. Everybody in there in fact they have named the road Joe Akman Street. because as far as they saw it was me that moved in and paid for the land and built the house but it's not your house and when the homeowner says I'm coming home uncle you and your bags and baggages are moving and not to the boys quarters you say no I can't go I've labored here hey let us let us let us balance this thing now okay let me take two rooms we take four i'm coming to a house i spent my whole life putting together i don't want to see the faintest slightest remotest trace of the kateka there to be coming to a house I spent my whole life investing in and arriving there and having to be careful how I go from the master's living room to the bathroom because I'm not sure who will pass me in the balcony. and So I have to be mindful of not upsetting people who I paid to build a house for me that they should have vacated because I'm here. That's the picture that we paint when you try and keep Moses with Jesus. The son is here. Somehow the servant should still stay to help this unbalance balance. I don't know how things operate around here. Nigeria is very different though. You need me to help you. No. You move out. Yes. And you know what you become when you move out? The reference.
2: Well, yes, yes, yes. Yes.
1: Acts 7.38. You see that I've said this before in multiple teachings. Israel in the wilderness was a type of the church. Acts 7.38. This is he, give me, give me, give me King James, so we can see. Let's start from there. This is he that was in the what now? which spake to him in the Mount Sinai. And with our fathers who received the lively oracles given to us. Israel is referred to as what? The church in the wilderness. A type of. So just what you, you want to ask, but there's no church without the baptism of the Holy Spirit. They were baptized into the yes, fire and the cloud. Yes, sir. <laughs> yes, oh. That's what scripture says. sir Fire. So they were qualified to be a type of the church. Yes,
2: sir.
1: Now when God called Israel out as his own people, out of, there are things, that, I can't wait for series three of UTG, whenever the Lord will have me teach that. But it's, there's a lot of things we'll set straight about the character of God and the misconceptions that exist on account of the character of God. When God called Israel out of the nations of the earth, was him typifying how he would call sons out of the world. Does that make sense? And if you remember, there's two of UTG where I taught you special grace and common grace. You know, those two graces. There is always a distinction between a people whom God is for. And a people who have pitched themselves against him. And you don't say people God is against. <laughs> <laughs> the moment God says, this is my remit. Anybody outside or choosing to be outside of that is on their own. You can't now come and disparage or insult the character of God because somebody outside here died. He said, I chose to put my name there. He chose. If you go where he didn't put his name, you're on your own. If you die, God didn't kill you. Are you following me now? So when God called Israel, it could have been Egypt. I mean, it couldn't have been, but the point is, the point is it could have been any nation. It could have been Moab, it could have been it could have been any nation. It could have been Arabia, it could have been Niger. I mean somebody helped carry the cross who was from Niger or Niger. Yes. Mm-hmm. It could have been any any nation. But God chose Israel as first fruits of salvation, the way he destined that Jesus will come from Israel as the first fruit of salvation. Sorry. So basically, whatever nation Jesus, God chose first would have had to be the nation to provide Jesus or to provide the savior of the world. Yes. Right? So God could not have chosen Israel and then the savior of the world come from Morocco. Right? So the moment God chose Israel, it was a highlighting of his eternal plan that the savior of the world will come from there and therefore salvation will come to all men through there. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. yes, sir. Now, As I've always said, everything symbolic, in some cases, enjoys a literal manifestation. Right? Are you still here? So Israel was chosen as a type, but in the physical, they enjoyed advantages that they still do till today. That they will still have when he returns. That he will still use to squeeze them. Because you see this body of Christ cannot be complete without Israel. A story for another day. Where is Jesus coming? So Jesus is coming. Where are you going? Is he coming? Yes. Again? Yes. It, the body of Christ cannot be complete. You receive the gospel so that you can make Israel jealous. It's in the scriptures. Jealous to do what? Not to beat you. Jealous to now get up and say, we want our salvation back. Because God has always had an eternal agenda for Israel. So you can't despise Israel. Don't join people. (laughs) The church. The church is the spiritual Israel. Uh, Yes and no. Yes, because the Israel typified the church. No, because the church is the church. Eh? Israel <laughs> because honestly you don't want things stored up for Israel happening to you you would deny say no I never knew them because hey the eschatological agenda for Israel is major it's major. them and God they have uh, they have their campus fellowship. <laughs> when but he was chosen as a type of the church so Paul refers to it as the church in the wilderness are you following me now yes, sir. so when they were chosen and I've said this before in multiple teachings when they were chosen God's desire was that all of them as a type of the church would be priests okay. yes, sir. Exodus 19 all of them 19 5 and 6 I believe Exodus 19 from verse 3, I need verse 6, but i go from verse 3 for context. And Moses went up to God, and the Lord called him from the mountain, saying, Thus shall you say to the house of Jacob, t- and tell the children of Israel. You have seen what I did to the Egyptians, and how I bore you on eagle's wings. Not literally, Bob. And brought you to myself. Now, therefore, if you'll indeed obey my voice and keep my commandment, then you shall be a special treasure me above all people, for all the earth is mine. All people, above all people, for all the earth is mine. And you shall be to me a kingdom of priests and a holy nation. All the earth is mine, but I'm choosing you to be above all people of all the earth that is mine. So I know what I'm saying. That's what that's what God will say. Hmm. If, if, if you might want to see it as favoritism, that's your business. All the earth is mine. I'm putting you above other people. You shall be to me a kingdom of kings and priests, the kingdom of priests and the holy nation. These are the words which you shall speak to Israel, right? Not Levi. So the initial plan was for all of Israel to be a kingdom of priests. Before stuff started to manifest, right? They were all designed. Now see 1 Peter 2 5 and 9. 1 Peter 2 5 and 9. Because in this priesthood we have all become the fulfillment of God's intention for the church. God's intention for the church was for everybody to be priests, not for everybody to need a priest. You also, Peter, saying, as living stones, are being built up a spiritual house. You're being built up a holy priesthood. See verse nine. You are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation. That's what we've become now, kings and priests. Are you? Are you with me? Yes. Sir. I know where I'm going. So, in the death, burial, resurrection, ascension, and descension of Jesus. Because when you say second coming, second coming. Second coming happened when the Holy Spirit entered you. So, choose another number for when it's coming again. (laughs) It's not profitable for you that I stay. If I do not go, he will not come. Yeah. I, I am going and I will send you another. A I will send you another of the same nature. When I go, I will come. So he went and he came. So is he coming again? Bodily, physically, in light, with all the glorious. Yes. Choose another number for that. Because he has came. <laughs> and he's coming again. So we are all priests, all of us. Revelation 1.6, NLT. Revelation 1.6. He has made us a kingdom of priests. See that? He has made us a kingdom of priests for God his father. What he said in Exodus 19 was Israel. So he was calling Israel out of the world to make them a kingdom of priests. He has called us out of darkness into his marvelous light to make us a kingdom of priests. You see the similarities? All glory and power to him forever and ever. So we are now a kingdom of priests. That means we have one high priest. Hmm? One high priest. Over priests. Revelation 5.10. One high priest over priests. You say, oh, who is the priest of your parish? It's Osnir. No, I mean the priest. We are the priests. (laughs) Our parish, all of us are priests. Oh, I meant who is the... Oh, you should should have said now. Who is the person in charge? That's a different question. But who who is running the priest? Well, it's all of us. Who conducts service? All of us. 1 Corinthians 14 26 How is it then, brethren, when you come together, each of you is that not you conducting service? How is it then, brethren, whenever you come together, each of you has a psalm? By the time we bring your psalm, bring your teaching, bring your tongue, bring your revelation, bring your edification, bring your interpretation for edification, who runs service? So now, who they run them? Why? Did he become what it has become in church? Because you refused to run service. So one person carried some teaching, tongue, revelation, interpretation, edification. You now sat down, became became zombified. How was service? Oh, service was powerful today. My pastor was powerful. Every time you say my pastor was powerful, you're just saying, I am powerless. Every time, every time, every time. You say, oh my pastor, oh mighty man of God, you're saying I'm a chicken child of God. Because you are highlighting power in your pastor that you don't realize you have. I said, this parish, now we run them." Put it back up, TPT of the message, First Corinthians fourteen twenty-six. But how else, what else can the scripture by the measure that every joint supplies, what else can it mean? Beloved friends, look at this carefully. When you conduct your meetings, you cannot just step. Yes, 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 when you conduct your meetings, you should always let everything be done to be of the church family. Whether you share a song of praise, a teaching, a divine revelation, or a tongue, an interpretation, let each one contribute what strengthens others. So what kind of church is it that everybody can just come to the microphone? The kind of church Jesus died to say. Ah, pastor, are you not afraid that somebody can come and take the microphone and say rubbish and will not receive it? They've asked me what if someone just comes and takes a microphone and starts to say stuff and even attack the pastor. I say he will talk. People are not zombies. Hey, when you finish talking, we, we won't filter, we will filter. I won't will follow the person and go. Because I repeat, manipulation only happens in isolation. Yes, sir.
2: Yeah. Yes,
1: sir. Yes, sir. Come and say, Oh, this person, this person did this, this person did that. You, you can tell the person is already an antichrist that came to scatter the church. You can't tell. Somebody, somebody comes and stands and says, oh, this person. I saw this person doing that. And you can tell the person, there's no, there's no way the Spirit of God would have led that person to do that. And if we're all filled with the Spirit, we already know. That you are diabolon. When you finish, sit down, you realize how stupid you look.
2: And
1: then when you finish and leave, you say, who's on my side? Follow me. You go alone. You and Thambalat and Because, listen, let me, let, me, let me help you. If you have had a moment of impartation by the grace of God, one evil that you establish is true cannot uproot you.
2: No way. Yes, sir. cannot. Yes, sir. cannot.
1: It is an evil, adulterous, and perverse generation. I was thinking about it this morning. Do you realize that when we say breaking news, breaking news that trends always has evil inside for breaking news to actually get to the forefront of the, of the statistics. It has to have an element of evil in it. Good breaking news doesn't trend like that. Why? And this morning I asked the Lord. And I heard clearly. Because people hope for good. But fear the bad. So what you amplify is what you are afraid of. Not what you believe in. Yes. This morning, most people amplify what they are afraid of because that it strikes a nerve. Yes. You're afraid of accident. you're afraid of dying. So when you hear that an accident happened, you say, Have you heard there's an accident? Too. You have an accident because that's what you're afraid of. So when it's good, eh, yeah, yeah, it's good now. That's not news. Something bad happened to others. That's news. Because when you hear something bad happens to others, you are thanking God that is not you. And that's why you will be in Calabar 10 years. Nobody has checked up on you until they heard that there was an accident. And I say, I'm going to check you. Are you safe? I don't I never respond to that. Never. Never check up on me if you are led you're not I leave it because that's what the enemy does with these things, he uses it to seed S-E-E-D, to seed fear. And I've taught myself not to respond to fear. I refuse. I refuse. I deliberate I walk in the consciousness of I never allow myself to respond to the seed of fear. Because we amplify what we are most afraid of. So it will not trend. That's good news. First Corinthians 14, 26, TPT. You cannot. We, 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 we. We are all priests. We. All of us. By the measure that every joint supplies. Not me. Powerful man of God. My pastor is powerful. You are powerless. My pastor is mighty. You are little. But the presence of God that is, is operating in me is operating in you. That's how it should be. You see, oh, how they come. Everyone can just say what they like. How would you people know? We are the priests of our parish.
2: Yes,
1: Squeeze your neighbor's hand gently and tell him we are the priest of our parish. Yes, hmm.
2: mm-hmm.
1: Are the priest? All of us are priesting this thing together. We have one high priest. And his name is not Pav. Uh, Pav didn't die for your sins. Pav's pavihood will be terminated by death. So Pav doesn't qualify. The high priest is one whose ministry cannot be terminated by death because he cannot die. That's a high Priest, does that make sense? Yes. Then he can stand and atone for the priests. Yes. <laughs> Are you here now? Yes. So we've gotten to who our high priest? Hebrews two seventeen. Mister to bring this home. Hebrews two and seventeen. Therefore, in all things, he had to be made like his brethren, as Jesus. That he might be a merciful and faithful. What? High priest. priest In things pertaining to God. What does a high priest do? Make propitiation. For the sins of the people. Propitiation. To pay the penalty for. Give us any other modern translations. 2.17 Hebrews. Therefore it was necessary for him to be made. In every respect like us. His brothers and sisters. So that he could be our merciful and faithful high priest before God, then he could offer a sacrifice that would take away the sins of the people. High priest. So I've said in, I think, UTG series 1, it wasn't just the sacrifice. It was the priest that offered it. And that's, that's phenomenal. It's a high priest. This Jesus. See 4.14, Hebrews 4.14. Somebody say, Jesus is my high priest. Jesus. Yes, yes, yes. seeing that we have a great high priest who has passed through the heavens <laughs> Jesus that one that is the son of God so when you read your Bible you begin to understand the, the importance of these, these tenses, these nuances Jesus the son of God let us hold fast our confession we have a great high priest who has passed through the heavens how God anointed Jesus Christ. That's one of Nazareth. We have a high priest, right? A high priest mediates in a covenant. If we have a new high priest, we must of a necessity have a new covenant. Hebrews 7.22. Hebrews 7.22. And no, I'm not teaching covenants. I'm just trying to finish what purpose does the law serve? By so much more, Jesus has become A surety or a guarantee of a better covenant. NLT. Because of this oath, Jesus is the one who guarantees. You see that? This better covenant with God. Somebody say better covenant. covenant. Or better better testament. That's important for where we're going. You can't have two testaments in force at the same time. Because Jesus, hear me carefully, is not the mediator of the Old Covenant. (laughs) So we can only have two covenants in force if Jesus is the high priest or mediator of both. The law was given through Moses. So who is the mediator of the Old Covenant? We have come to Jesus the just. The mediator of the new covenant. Hebrews 12. 12-24. You have come to Jesus, the one who mediates, this is NNT, right? The one who mediates the new covenant between God and people, the new. He's not a mediator of covenant. And so you must be careful again in this era where all these esoteric voices are speaking and constantly highlighting covenants. See, there's no covenant with God that exists in the absence of a mediator. Yes, so you cannot get up and say, My name is Delight. And I'm entering into covenant with God. The question we should ask you is, Who's mediating? Do you understand it? Who's mediating? Who's ratifying it? And you can't say the Holy Ghost. You can't say Jesus. You can't even say Moses so there are only two covenants God has ever worked with and actually two dimensions of the covenant, one leading to the other because the covenant we are in is the covenant God caught with Abraham before Moses yeah, the new covenant came before the old covenant we just could not enter that one until the old covenant Abraham and Moses, who came first?
2: Uh-huh.
1: So how is Moses' Old Testament and Abraham is New Testament? How is Abraham the father of faith? How are we heirs of the promise according to God's covenant with Abraham if Abraham came before Moses and Moses' mm-hmm. Old Covenant? Abraham, Genesis 12. So how do you enter the covenant with God? Joker. Yeah, Joker. <laughs> Me and God. I, I caught a covenant. <laughs> <laughs> yes, covenant with God, and that's why you always break it because there's no mediator. Yes, yes, sir. God said "He looks at you I know that you're joking." Yeah, <laughs> yourself. He is the mediator of the new. It's not mediator of the old covenant. Moses was. Are you here? Yes, Hebrews seven twenty two. Hebrews 7, 22. By so much more, Jesus has become, let's see in NLT says guarantee, right? T.P.T. says all of this magnifies the truth that we have a superior covenant. Superior. Somebody says superior. With God than what they experienced. For this particular covenant, Jesus himself. Come on. Come on. Superior. Jesus, not Moses. Not Moses sir. High priest yes, sir. that does not die. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Guarantees this one. Superior covenant. You have foreign rice. Basmati rice. Ogoja rice. You put all of them in the same pot. say so all rice and all rice. No. You are eating rice. And some is hard. Some is not hard. Some is white. Some is not white. You're not sure what you are. It's more like a rice meal. (laughs) 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 A a meal of rice is. That's what we insinuate. When you put old covenant, put new covenant and put Jesus. How is that, how is that supposed to nourish you? Kai, okay, a bishop said a few weeks ago, and it troubled me that night, I was watching live. He said, Hear those of you that are saying that the new covenant does away the old. He said, the old covenant and the new covenant are ratified in Jesus. And I shouted in my living room, things the Bible does not teach. I don't care if I'm telling 200,000 people and broadcasting live. I don't care oh Path, are you saying that you're the only one that knows it? I'm not saying what I am not saying I'm saying what I'm saying yes,
2: sir. Yes, sir.
1: Yes, sir. excuse me can, isn't it clear enough in the scriptures mediator of the new covenant how can you he say he's ratified the old and the new the bible doesn't teach that you see that's the danger of placing yourself so high that nobody can speak into you Nobody can speak into you. You and the Holy Spirit. You old and new are not ratified in Christ. Jesus fulfilled the old and introduced the new. He stood there and he t- looked, lifted up the cup in Luke, I think 22. And he says, this cup is the cup of the New Testament. He made it clear. Yes, the cup of the New Testament. Look, 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 look for it, Luke 22. The cup of the New Testament in my blood. 22, 20. He lifted up the cup again and said, this cup is my blood of the new covenant. Put up to King James, KJV. This cup is the new covenant in my blood. The new. Somebody say the new. the new. Not the covenant. If you are left with that ambiguous, then you'll be open to our individuals' subjective interpretations. You can say what he meant was. He didn't mean. It depends on how you look at it. He said, this cup is the new covenant in my blood hebrews 8 and 6 christ my better hebrews 8 6 but now he has obtained a more he jesus our high priest has obtained a more you can't he can't be high priest if he's not presiding over priests why why would there be the need to distinguish him from priests but he has obtained a more excellent ministry in as much as he is also, look at this, mediator of a, not ratifier of both covenants. Yes, sir, sir. Devil is a liar. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. But like, can God be true? Because yes, ratifier is, come here, old, come, okay. I love it. Come new, you know. Let's, let's meet here and balance this thing. In me then, Jesus now shakes it together. Like the Gary and the sugar the mediator, put it back up, it takes, of a better covenant, next verse, which was established on Kai. Hebrews 9.23 Hebrews 9.23 Therefore, it was necessary that the copies of the things in heaven, in the heavens, should be purified with these, but the heavenly things themselves with Better sacrifices than this. What are these referring to? Blood of bulls and goats. Hebrews twelve then twenty four says we have come to Jesus, the mediator of a new covenant. So that's why we are proud to say we are new covenant believers. Yes, we are not. We are not inter-testamental.
2: Oh, yeah.
1: We are not cross-testamental. We are new testamental. So all you new testament preachers, that's me! That's me! All you new covenant pastors, that's me! That's all my high priest gave me. gone are the days when you can try and make us feel bad for you. No, 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 no. That train has left the station. That train has left the station. That ship has sailed. It's all you New Testament. That's me, that's me, that's me, that's me, that's me, that's me, that's me. Proudly. Or you preach a New Covenant. That's us. I am a New Testament believer. I, I'm, not, I'm, I'm not inter-testamental. I'm not cross-tentimental. No. I'm a new covenant believer. And the new covenant is not based on works or anything we do. This is what Jesus did. It's by grace through faith. Entirely a work of God. The new covenant confers upon us the rights and privileges of sonship. Grants us absolute access to the Father. Things you already know. Ephesians 2.18. Look at that. Ephesians 2.18. TPT. Give me TPT. And now, because we're united to Christ, we both have equal and direct access in the realm of the Holy Spirit to come before the Father. That's the only realm and we're in it. be in the realm of the holy spirit and looking for realms I said it in what realm are you? you are sat in the heavenlies you're looking for realms realms where the, after the heavenlies the next realm you'll find is in here because there are no higher realms sir. so if you're in the third heavens and you're looking for realms the only ones you find are in the first and second heavens that's where principalities and powers operate. Yes, Selah. Because you see, religion has deceived you to think that hell is under your feet. No. Satan is over your head. Yes, sir. In, the natu- in the natural. Yes, sir. Yes. The realm at which Satan operates is not under your feet. Wow. Okay. Hey, it's in the heavens. Okay. But we wrestle against flesh blood. Listen. Ephesians 6 and... 11 and 12. Put on the whole armor of God. 11, quickly. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the... So what are we discussing now? The wiles of the devil that the armor of God enables you to stand against. Now in verse 12. For our standing against is not against flesh and blood. But against principalities, against powers, rulers of darkness of this age, against spiritual hosts of wickedness, where? If hell and demonic realm was on earth, how come a senior devil stopped a junior angel who had the answer to Daniel's prayer? An angel coming through demonic territory in the heavenlies was stopped until Michael intervened and Michael tells Daniel from the first day you pray your prayer was answered oh, this demon stopped the angel where far above up there hey, yes, sir. <laughs> so satan can only be under your feet when you are sat in your position you can't stay in the flesh and be claiming matter, matter. He will mess with your head. Oh, he's above you. here. nowhere in the ground. Looking for hell on that day, on that way. You hear silly things like scientists saying that they dug a hole, they put a the microphone down six kilometers to hear. his lava, you will hear lava, 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 lava. Don't know geography. I love that lava will sound like demons. Why is this bo- bo- boiling at that temperature? You hear voices. <laughs> and digging down, looking for hell down there. Down there. Somewhere. Even in a parable that Jesus told, he said, The rich man lifted up his eyes.
2: Yeah. So
1: he didn't look from down up. He, he, was, he, he saw Abraham. Abraham said there's a chasm. He didn't say there is a level of stories. So he said there's a chasm separating. You cannot go from us to you. You cannot go from you to us. He said you cannot climb up. So you cannot come down. So what to them who are looking for hell down below. <laughs> if hell is a fire, it's burning above your head. Mm-hmm. Mm so you're only able to trample Satan when you are sat in your proper position it's because you're not sat in your proper position you are contracting prophets to do it for you it's made us to sit together with him Ephesians 2.6 together, somebody say I'm sat together with him so we have access we have direct and equal access Go back to 18. Where were we? TPT, I guess? Equal and direct access in the realm of the Holy Spirit to come before the Father. So that's why I said to you, if you leave that realm and you're looking for realms, you end up in the the demonic realm. Because once you leave the realm, you're sat with God and Jesus. The, the The only other heavenly realms you can find are the realms of the principalities and powers. Selah. You're chasing deep, so it take you down here. Yeah. Deep because the deep is deep is below. Deep is not above. Deep is <laughs> because you have one spirit of God, it's not enough. You want spirits, they are below you.
2: The
1: spirits you're after is below you. Up here there's one spirit. The holy spirit. Any other spirit in any other realms are, are unholy. Yes, ah! what scripture calls profane things yes, sir. Yes, sir. It says touch not the profane things yes, sir. <laughs> the new covenant comes with guarantees I like this one, the new covenant comes with guarantees somebody said the new covenant have received which Jesus mediates exclusively and that's what is important comes with guarantees 2 Corinthians 1 and 22. Who also has sealed us, sealed us, sealed us, sealed us, and given us the spirit in our hearts as a? 2 yes. Corinthians 5 and 5. 2 Corinthians 5 and 5. 2 Corinthians 5 and 5. Now he who has prepared us for this in this very thing is God who also has given us the spirit as a? Ephesians 1, 13 and 14. Ephesians 1, 13 and 14. In him you also trusted after you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, in whom, having believed, you were sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise, who is. So your salvation is nothing if He doesn't come with guarantees. LG is better. A sh- hey, you spoil we will repair it, we will fix it, we will replace it no quibbles, no questions asked your salvation is nothing if it doesn't come with a guarantee so on your own is not the language of your salvation I've done it for you. Once you spoil it, you are on your own. The giver takes no responsibility. That's not the gospel. You're not saved, though. Refuse if you are saved and you're your own. Refuse to be saved. (laughs) I'm telling you. I'm telling you. If you know what is good for you, tell yourself you you can keep your salvation. I am safer unsaved. Safe or unsaved, they come and give you salvation. You have to walk to keep. Tell them, so, I'm walking enough already. i come and keep salvation. I didn't request for the salvation. Is nothing if it doesn't come accompanied by eternal guarantee. Toyota will tell you 200,000 kilometers guaranteed. Or 10 years. Whichever comes first. And God cannot guarantee what he gives you. Then you should leave God and serve Toyota. Recently, you see last year or two years ago. Somebody drove a Honda from brand new. And he drove it for 1 million miles. In America. Two years ago. And Honda called him. And replaced his car with a brand new one. At no cost rewarding him for believing in their ministry for one million miles. If you who are evil, it's hard to give good gifts. God saves you, tells you, walk it out. Tell him, no, I'm not walking you Keep it. What is it? She when we're hurting us. Did I tell you to die for me? Ah, So I I can't even cruise anymore. And I have to now be working at what I did not pay for. Do do, do you understand what I'm saying? You can't. You can't. You can't. You have to work for it. Live for it. No, it comes with guarantees. Jude 24 and my final verse for that section. Jude 24. Round to him. Now to him who is able to keep you from stumbling and to present you
2: for I,
1: I, I- God will present you. That's the guarantee. Hmm? Then the quality of the guarantee is that when He presents you, you will be for. Oh, he will not present you. But he will present you. That's why it is a guarantee. Since he will present you. Let's now talk about the quality of the presentation. And it will be. So it doesn't matter what impurity is in your life right now. The water of the word is washing and washing, and washing, so by the time of your convocation, you are faultless. Listen, we cannot throw away something we are purifying. Hey, picture your mother God washing a shirt. You see, this thing is not coming out. Throw it away. No. The whole idea of the water of the word washing is that when you are ready for presentation, you are
2: faultless.
1: It is not you that will remove fault. You cannot. Most times you don't even know that you are faulty. The TV hangs there. How many of you have a spoiled device in your house? Because how why hasn't the device fixed itself? How many of you have plans <laughs> to fix the device? I have one that's like five years old. I know I'll fix it one day. Now do you know the thing is that device will stay unfixed until its owner takes responsibility to fix it if you will use that device again, you, you, you are the one that will fix it. Now, if he's going to present you, ma, he'll fix you. You are God's property. He will fix you. He will. I would have said, I promise, but who am I? He has promised. He will fix you. He will, not he may, he will present you faultless. Faultless. The way a woman is a reflection of her husband is the way the church will be a reflection of Jesus. So where then does that leave the law? The kingdom culture replaces the law. The law is replaced by the culture of the kingdom. Replaced. Oh above! I've asked this question over and over. They have not answered me. The moral law is sacrosanct. Ten commandments that cannot be broken. But Moses came down with tablets of stone. It was ten commandments written on it. And Paul called it ministry of death. How do you answer that? Oh, Paul did not know what he was writing. Then you are not saved. You can't be saved if Paul did not know what he was writing. (laughs) then you are still in your sins. So careful how you listen to some silly arguments. Illegible and incoherent, incomprehensible, very silly. Paul was not, at one point Paul was sure, at one point Paul was not sure. So how now are we supposed to even be sure of what Paul was sure of so that we now can be sure? How am I supposed to be sure? what to be sure of but that's what in 2 Corinthians 3, 7 and 9 he called it ministry of death ministry of condemnation tablets, not the one that said thou shalt not wear two different fabric thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy ministry of death thou shalt have no other gods with ministry of condemnation thou shalt not steal condemnation for I would not have known what stealing was. Yes, yes,
2: so.
1: Do you... Hey, what do you think Moses knowing that these ten commandments were for keeping would have come down from the mountain so angry and smashed it? And he comes with two, five commandments here, five commandments here, and he gets angry and he's not God. And he, he has just come down with conference with God. And God said, this is what you're supposed to keep. Moses, no matter as he creates, do not break it. Moses broke the law knowing that he did not need that law to be with God. He just came down from being with God before collecting law. It's not because of the law that he went to God. It's not the law that gave him access to God. Break that tablet, and he will still go back to God on the mountain. Yes. Yes, sir. Which he did. Yes, sir. Collected another ten, did not break it, but gave them and did not keep it yes. by faith. Moses yes, and then right there, God would have smashed Moses for smashing the Lord. Yes. Yes. How dare you smash my word? My statutes, my ordinances, my precepts. No one shall smash my law and live. Who smashed it? Smashed it before they even got the opportunity to read it. To hear it. And God is okay with it. So no the all covenant is too small to highlight the realities of a son of God in Christ. Yeah. Too small, too small, too small, too small. Thou shalt not commit adultery. Thou shall not, thou shalt not, thou shalt not, thou shalt not honor the Sabbath day. When we have come into he who is our Sabbath. No, the kingdom culture replaces the law. Imitating Christ. Replaces the law, and therefore, what happened to the law? Hebrews eleven seven twelve. 7, 12. Somebody say, Its job is done. Stop. 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 Yeah. Kudos to the law. Kudos. <laughs> Kudos. Its <laughs> you know <what> I mean? <laughs> job is done. Hebrews 7 and 12. Hmm. For the priesthood being changed. <laughs> <laughs> Of a necessity is also a what now? <laughs> uh, change? I see. Well, what does it mean to change? Explain to me, like I'm a six year old, what does it mean to change? Where there, Have we seen, you see why I took you on the journey? About Jesus being our high priest. So now that he's our high priest and he's not a Levite, what happens to the law? The law of Moses, which is the law of Levi, must be. Where there's change of priesthood, there must of necessity be a change of the law. T.P.T. Hebrews 7 and 12. And furthermore, for God to send a new and different rank of priest meant a new law would have had to be instituted even to allow it. And if the priesthood has changed, the law must also be changed to permit it. Because you see, what what we don't understand in, in this, we must be careful how we argue theology. Because we, we, we say we honor God with one, on the one hand, but we actually insult His sovereignty on the other hand. Because here's what it is when you argue that the Old Testament is in force, you are, you are rendering Jesus as illegitimate. Because if the old covenant, if the law of Moses is still in force, then Jesus cannot be high priest. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Because Jesus is not from the tribe of Levi. Yes, and the law stipulated that only the sons of Levi can be high priests, can be priests. So if you are arguing that the Old Testament is enforced, then you are saying Jesus is illegitimate as priest,
2: which is to
1: say you are not saved. So we have to be careful how we argue. You can't argue without a complete picture. If you're arguing for law, you're arguing against grace you know an argument cannot be said to be an argument except the two parties I told them, except the two parties involved are armed with intelligent information about their opposing stances if I'm arguing with you and all you're saying is I don't care what you're saying you are wrong, you are a heretic, you are stupid that's stupid that's not an argument that's a rant That's a rant. I've listened to people with opposing, intelligent opposing views. Hey, I met a man who a man of God, a pastor, who argued for polygamy. I went back to the Bible. Sat down. I told him Genesis to Revelation. I said, wait, 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 wait. Let me look at this thing critically. Because his arguments were super salient. Super salient. I had to sit down with the scriptures. I, it's not one of the students can dismiss and say, Oh, this guy doesn't know what he's saying. no, 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 no. no. The guy knew what he was saying. That's an argument. That's a dictionary definition of an argument. So I come to the table armed with a backlog of info. That's actually what intelligence is referred to. A body, a collection of information. Intelligence. A collection, a body, an embodiment of intelligence in a particular subject. So I come with my body of intelligence. You come with your body of intelligence from an opposing point of view. And we look at those intelligibly, not fighting. Intelligibly. And so if you're going to argue, you must have all the points for your stance. And if you're smart, all the points for your opposer's stance. That's why when I've. if I've taught you any controversial subject, I've always taught you everything about it. The arguments for when we did uh, a salvation truly. I, I took a whole session or two to show you the arguments against eternal security. I exposed you to it. I didn't just come and teach you blindly that you cannot be you cannot be lost. I took every single verse that they leverage to argue that you cannot be you, you can be lost, and I looked at it from scripture. So you can't just come and start arguing. I said the law is fulfilling Jesus. Have you, do you understand the entire reach of the law? Do you believe in Jesus? Yes, I believe in Jesus. No, you clearly don't, duh. Because if you do, you can't believe in Jesus and believe that Jesus is the upholder of a law that shows that he cannot be high priest. Does that make sense? Because he is not of the tribe of priests. Are you following me now? He's not of the tribe of priests. Hebrews chapter 7. Let's start from verse 11. From verse 11 to verse 19. Give me, give me, give me like NLT or, you know. So if the priesthood of Levi, that's Aaron, on which the law was based, on which the law was based, on which the law was based, if it could have been achieved, if could have achieved the perfection God intended, keep going, why did God need to establish a different priesthood? If the law, if the priesthood of Aaron could have achieved perfection, why did God need to establish a second one with a priest in the order of Melchizedek instead of the order of Levi and Aaron? Next verse. And if the priesthood is changed, the law must also be changed to permit it. Keep going. For if the priest we are talking about belongs to a different tribe whose members have never served at the altar as priests. He came from Judah. Nobody from Judah ever served as priest. What I mean is our Lord Jesus came from the tribe of Judah and Moses never mentioned priests coming from that tribe. Moses referring to the law. Never mention priests coming from that tribe. This change has been made very clear. Since a different priest who is like Melchizedek has appeared. Jesus became a priest. Not by meeting the physical requirement of belonging to the tribe of Levi. But by the power of... Coming from Levi... Having eternal life, which is more superior, a qualification for priesthood. You King James 16. Who has come not according to the law of a fleshly commandment, but according to the power of an endless life. That's the argument. 17. And the psalmist pointed this out when he prophesied, you are a priest Forever. No Levite could have been a priest forever. And David saw. And David said of Jesus. That he didn't meet. But he saw. You are a priest forever in the Old of Melchizedek. Verse 18. Yes. The old requirement about the priesthood was set aside. Because it was. We at James. Verse 18. For on the one hand, there is the annulling of the former covenant because of its what? And? Message. Verse 18. Are you being taught properly? Yes, sir. Verse 18. The former way of doing things, a system of commandments that never worked out the way it was supposed to. Because we began to use the law for everything except what it was supposed to do. So what's he walking out? Say, I'm sorry, baby. Things just didn't work okay. out. It's job. It's done. Next week, I will tell you what is left of it. So the scriptures, the scriptures are not everything. The scriptures are inspired by a joker. We'll deal with that next week. People say, New Testament people say it. They say, not everything, the scriptures, is the word of God. Yes, 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 yes. New Testament preachers. Not everything is inspired. If you need to rewrite the scriptures to bring interpretation, you are a Gnostic. See, be careful of people that believe that you must follow them and do what they prescribe because only them know what they know. That's a Gnostic portals. realms. have you noticed that we, these are things that mostly these guys invent? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. So you have to follow them to receive that understanding and that access to that particular portal that only they know. Yes. Have you realized that most times where they are trying to take you to is a place where only them have been? Yes. What they are trying to sell to you is an encounter that only them and God have had. Yes. God appeared to me and he said to me, and you come and do a whole conference and do a whole teaching based on what God appeared to you and said to you. And the scripture does not say that. When you app- apply scripture, you then twist it to justify what you said God showed you. But see, truth is established by following the scriptures in a straight line. See, because, because somebody sleeps with his father's wife, you say God did not inspire that. God inspired it so you can understand how not to do it. Because what we see, we are painted in Santa Claus version of god father christmas that you know he's just so sweet he's so nice so nice he's so lovely he's so mushy and so tightly and so cuddly and anything bad and evil cannot have come god could not have intended for you to see certain things so god is so stupid he didn't remove it from scripture he allowed it in scripture and allowed you to be the one to come and explain that god did not mean it. yeah because there's no point serving a god who cannot speak for himself i mean some of us are too intelligent and too knowledgeable And too enterprising to be caught in the dead rot of serving a God who cannot articulate his desire and has multiple polar, bipolar, multiple personality disorder, schizophrenic God. A God we must explain for a God we must handle. Okay, what God meant was you know, God was kind of busy when they were kind of writing, so they kind of put in their own personal thing. Yeah, yeah, this is what is going on out there. So they just, as they were writing, they just added, they just, just added their own and just removed and God just allowed it. But no, that's not our God. And we, we, must, we must be careful to not disparage him and disparage his word because we're trying to explain his character. Yes, and things like this are captured in scripture so you can see it as a reference. Why would God allow these things? How can a brother rape his wife or sister? How how would God, those things were not inspired of God, says an untrained student of the word. Because if everything for life and godliness has been given to you, then you have learned, you have seen, you have been given examples in scripture to show you what to do and also what not to do. The fact that somebody had multiple wives doesn't mean you should have them and you know to not have them when you read the, ex- the experiences of the person that had them. Yes, sir. Yes. And that's also inspiration. Yes, sir. <laughs> Does that make sense? Yes, sir. That's also inspiration. And so we'll look at that next week and see, I'll show you how in Romans alone, Paul quoted the, the law, the Old Testament, more than 50 times. In Romans alone, I have it all down. And I'll show you how often Paul is teaching grace and referencing the law. Because so that's, that's all he becomes now, an encyclopedia of Christ as was hidden and is now revealed. Yes, I've just taught you next on this message. Yes, you reference it to bring out Christ, who was hidden but is now revealed. Yes, and once you see Christ revealed, you can't stop seeing him in the Old Testament. And once you see him in the Old Testament, you will find a direct straight line to that truth in the New. Does that make sense? You cannot see Christ in the Old without a direct parallel in the New. That would be you introducing a fresh revelation of Jesus. And we're not introducing fresh revelations. We are unveiling the revelation of Jesus. There's a difference. We are not called called by the Holy Spirit to set doctrine. We are called to glean out what has been established of Jesus in the scriptures.
0: Well, that's it for today's teaching. We trust it has been worth your time. For more of these messages from our stables, kindly subscribe to our teaching podcast at www.thebacillacommission.podbean.com or via the Podbean app on your mobile device. For inquiries and further information, kindly send us an email to info at theBasiliacommission.org or find us on social media with the handles at the Truth Simply put or at while the church. You can also send us an SMS, call us or connect with us via WhatsApp on plus 8864 Finally, if you would like to give to support the work that we do, kindly follow the Patreon link in our podcast or contact our office for details. Thank you!